this is the first edition of this podcast. If you're coming here from Reddit, it's uh, from the guy who's overly vociferous about uh, RDA beating Covington. So welcome. And I'm joined by one of the most reliable bettors on the internet, and you can buy his tips at betmma.tips. It's Gugabe. And so what's up, man? Oh, not much. Um, yeah, pretty quiet morning over here in Australia. Um, uh, it's 7.20 p.m. right now here. Yeah, 9.20 a.m. over here. Nice. Yeah, good shit. Opposite sides of the world. That's fun. So, What's the um, podcast called? I have no idea. I've not hashed out any of the creative stuff yet. Fair enough. Good steps. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've done a, a little bit of the writing on, you know, I've written some yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's all good stuff. And it's, you know, I might as well just start hash out the creative stuff as it goes. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. So, uh, Nebraska, that was a really fun event. Yeah. My boy won. Michael Johnson, boys. Oh, God. that was I bet on Michael Johnson. That was not a good bet. (laughs) He was not as valuable as I thought he would be. It was nuts. Uh, that was not pretty. I was not impressed. Dude closed as an underdog, and I'm like, this is nuts. What the, what the hell's going on? And it's like, no. He went blow for blow with Andre Feely. Yeah. I would like to die. Oh, fuck. If Philly had, like, shown any initiative in the third round, he would have won that. Yeah. I mean, he, he just he, – he's team alpha male to a T. He can't do anything except what he comes in there to do. Yeah. Also, how MJ just gave up the back so easily. He wasn't even like <laughs> Philly wasn't even passing. He was just like MJ just gave him his back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he looked defensively good once Philly got to the back, but then it was yeah. he just sort of let him get to the back because he was too hurried to get out. Yeah, it was like um, that guy who got um, subbed by Gall in the prelims, Sullivan. Uh, oh, Sullivan! Oh my God! That was just That's, terrible. That- <laughs> That just didn't like. If any fight were fixed on that card, it would probably be that one. Yeah, because the guy didn't even like defend; he just turned. It was just like, if not like Sullivan's under mark, but if nothing else, he's experienced. Yeah, the dude hopefully knows what to do, and yeah. he just didn't. He did made all the wrong moves in quick succession. Yeah, it was it was weird, like really weird. Yeah, it's like it's, three and I could choke defense. Yeah, it takes special uh, grapplers to make Andre Feely and Mickey Gall look like fucking Damian Maya. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, those were two f- good fights. But you know, MJ wants yeah. Cub Swanson next, and that should be fun. Uh, yeah, that won't be bad. Um, yeah. That was good know. in that card. Uh, you got Ronnie. Oh yeah, that was a pretty good performance. Ooh, that was great. Yeah. Was- I mean, that just Luke Sanders usually looks like he's winning and then he loses, and then this time he just lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taken out. Um, yeah, Joanne Calderwood pitched the woman miracle out of her ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest ass pull ever. Yeah, that was bad. No, um, Nico Price versus Randy Brown was the biggest ass pull ever. Oh, true, 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 true. <laughs> oh, that was painful. <laughs> that was, was kind of, yeah. Like, uh, you, on some level, you kind of have to expect every women's MMA fight to end with an armbar from guard. I know. Um, it's out of nowhere. 
like it, it's either a shitty head and arm throw into a rear naked choke or it's a arm bar from guard and yeah. but like you you have to think for is getting cut at this point right of course yeah she reminds me of one card um the tuf final finale with montano beating um what's the name uh, of the title Ro- there was Montfair? like four arm bars <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like every every women's fight was armbar in between. You had like um, Mearshark and Pihota beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, so that was a good one. But uh, what's next? Okay, Andrew Sanchez didn't look good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sort of reminded me of the MJ performance, and that he looked like you know Sanchez has that Gadelia level cardio club. And yeah. it was it was bad, but he moderated it so much that there was just nothing he could do at that point. But he did throw a question mark kick into a standing back fist, so I have to respect that. Yeah. Um I think Gadalia is worse because she's a hundred and fifteen pound woman. It's just like you weigh 115 pounds. How do you only have 10 minutes of cardio? <laughs> it's kind of yeah, it's insane. Like she, she's one of she's probably the best in the division until she gasses. She was crushing Joanna until she gassed. Oh, well, Andrade kind of just like took it to her. Oh yeah. Oh man. That was I that was. That's that probably honestly like my the top five female fight of all time for me. That was crazy. Yeah, that was, just and Charlie just kept coming. Yeah, and that's Andrade is one of those like she. She's relentless enough that she can kind of hide the fact that she's not that powerful. And that's really good at WMMA just because no one's that powerful. True. So. What else? Um, Sontag and uh, Alcantara. That was a Yeah. I mean, I said I picked Alcantara and. I have to say there was definitely some value there because Alcantara just threw yeah. head by a wizard. Yeah, that was I had I was huge on the under two and a half, so I was just like, Ooh, nice. Yeah, two minutes uh, or two round two, a minute in, so kind oh, of. Should have been, it should have been stopped like. Oh yeah, well, it should have two been, minutes. Yeah, I mean Alcantara just looked way too happy to work from bottom. Yeah, true. Honestly, if they'd um, stopped the, during the armbar for Texas, I wouldn't have been that like disturbed. Uh, yeah, it was like um, there was another one. Uh, I think it was uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan, yeah. and he just got his arm straight up bent backward, and I don't think he tapped. So I mean, I think it was stopped. It was a Texas at that point. This was that level. It was ridiculous. It's got like a two hundred and ten degree or degree uh, like angle at some point. So I remember it wasn't like. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost it was almost backwards. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Mm, next one. Kraus. Uh, I, I had I put on a bunch on him to win live, so I was I was happy about was, that because he was like yeah. he was like two point seven after the first round. But, two, after the first one? Yeah. Shit. That's he looked good in that first one, didn't he? I know, yeah, but well he came from being five to one, so oh. <laughs> I mean, I figure, and not that many people live bet, so there's that. But yeah, yeah standout performance this time from him. 
Yeah, that was, that was really good. I was surprised by the finish, though. That came out nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of like the Bisping-type finish, where, like, he just kept landing softer shots, and eventually Alves just ducked into something that, like, it wasn't... Like, if it landed at the beginning of the fight, it wouldn't have been. But it landed after Alves had just been jabbed to death. Sure. And, uh, um, yeah, good, good, good performance from Kraus. Yeah. Uh, Eric Anders and Tim Williams. I have to say, I would bet on Tim Williams again if this fight happened. Same here. <laughs> that was way too wide. <laughs> to be a minus 1,000 favorite, that, that would have had to have been a skull fight. It was not. Yeah, pretty much. Even minus 500, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like, even minus, like, Eric Anders, he looked decent against Machida, but he still didn't look good enough to say... He should be like minor over like anyone actually UFC level. And I don't know that much about Williams, so you know. Uh, Williams looked pretty bad in his debut, but I think part of it is just Williams being so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I like Williams. It's just like I just think a lot of people just look at them and just like I'm going to bet against that face. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look, I think one round one. If I'm Correct. I'm not sure. Did, yeah. But and then Anders just sort of remembered that he could throw a left hand. That was Pretty his much. weapon ever, and he just yeah. spammed it, and Williams ate it every time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Anders probably should move to light heavyweight because that's the only weight class where a left hand gets you to the top five. A left hand system. But- yeah, middleweight's still pretty shallow. Yeah, but I mean, once you get to the top, like, like you've still got a couple prospects like Costa, but past that, it's just a shark tank. Mm, yeah, I guess. Yeah. If Derek Brunson's managed to make it work. Ooh, true, true. <laughs> Derek. Actually, I, I don't think Anders has the same power as Brunson, though. Like, nobody just, like, reacts like that when he punches them. And I mean, Brunson... I think he's a pretty heavy underdog for um, 230. And it's sort of weird just because he should be by every account, but the dude is just, he's monstrously powerful. That's the only thing that's carried him through his career. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think because you watch a lot of, um, or much every Israel fight so far, he's been hit by overhand rights. Yeah. Brad Barnes was able to land a couple off the clinch breaks. Yeah. I, I think Tavares just ran him down some, to, part, some parts of the fight. He didn't even, like, trench break. He just ran him down. Hmm. Like, it, it, Adesanya gained momentum as the fight went on, but it was, like, the first round was close enough, and the second round, I think he landed that body kick that sealed the round for him, and three yeah. blowouts. <laughs> sure. So, I mean, I guess I don't really know if you can afford to be a slow starter when... Uh, Brunson is just running you down. But, Pretty much. You know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, one, the flyweight prospect. There are no others. Davison Figueredo uh, takes out John Moraga. And that was a fun one. I was surprised how strong Figueredo is. He's ridiculously athletic. Yeah, I mean, John Moraga is a good what I remember, and Figueredo just khabib him. What's a khabib? Just like, 
in the first round, there is a uh, after Moraga rocks him on standing, Moraga tries to drag him down and figure out they just kind of just muscles him off. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, he's fucked. <laughs> it's like Kevin Lee takedowns. Yeah, like, pretty when much. You're, when you're that athletic, it just doesn't matter when the other guy has the underhook or when the other guy has anything technical. You just, I think Moraga had a body lock. Yeah, you can just suck their hips in regardless. Pretty much. And, just, yeah, good performance. Yeah, I mean, Moraga, that co- the combination near the end was actually really great. And Figueredo just looked... Um, he looked like uh, Travis Brown against Karolovsky when he tried to finish. He's sure. a big right hand that just sent him flying past. Yeah. Like, I feel like Moraga was... He had, like, he obviously almost... He almost knocked him out in the first round. It wasn't like he was yeah. outclassed technically. Figueredo's yeah. just ridiculously strong and ridiculously big for flyweight. Yeah, I think... Yeah, dude has some trouble making weight, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. Sao Paulo, I think legit cried because he uh, made weight. So, you know, uh, he's yeah. a big guy. He's a muscular guy, and he's really, really fast, even for flyweight. He's a pretty athletic for the weight class. True. And also, uh, I think you're not counting, um, what's that, Alex Perez, the guy who knocked out um, oh, the overrated, um, what's his name, uh, overrated dude. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. That was that- fucking brutal. <laughs> He just, like... It was, what, 130 strikes in four minutes or something? Yeah, it was something like, Torres just can't, like, Torres is pretty open about being a slow starter, and Perez was just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, uh, let's see. Uh, barring Barbarina versus Jake Ellenberger, the less said about that, the better, because Jake Ellenberger should not yeah. have been in there. It was, it was ugly. He pretty much got cracked on the top of the head. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Courtney Casey versus Angela Hill. Uh, I mean, I can't say a lot about that. I have no strong opinions. I saw there's a yeah. bunch of people arguing about the decision, but I just sort of switch off as soon as it's WMA and I don't have any money on it, so I don't care. Yeah, that's how I feel about women's MMA as well. I don't generally bet money on it because... I mean, this Casey Hill, from what I saw, was pretty much the typical women's fight. If you take out the head and arm throws and the arm bars from guard, it was. What's left? <laughs> shitty pocket work, basically. No one has the defense to not get hit. No one has the power to make getting hit have consequences. And by split decision, is the one who initiates the clinch more. Sure. That's fun. Um, Andrew Hinton, Lena Landsberg coming back soon. Uh, is she fighting Aspen Ladd? I think that's what she, I, think I think she is, yeah. Yeah. Aspen should be interesting. Yeah, because, you know, if you call yourself the elbow queen, I'm going to expect some better shit in the pocket. Yeah, Aspen Ladd has some serious whisker grip. What's that? In jerk. Oh. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's okay. Next, MJ versus Feely. Not, yeah, not we good. That. Yeah. And Gaethje Vic. Now, this was awesome. I honestly felt like Vic was making his game work before he just got knocked out by Gaethje, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That, that reminded me of um, Rockhold and Romero. I mean, yeah. Vic was doing some, like, the linear kicks he was landing were actually working. He didn't really establish the job to the extent that I would have wanted him to. 
but he was just sort of shoving Gaethje out of the pocket each time he tried to get in. And then just backed up to the fence and got nuked. So, I mean, good, bad things, as good as you can look in a one-round fight where you get absolutely lumped. But, you know, that's pretty bad. Yeah, true. I just think the Vic did have a shot at winning that. I just don't think, like, it just felt like Gaethje just hit the 5%. Burst. Yeah. I did feel like a very consistent. I just feel like Vic was working. I think he would have eventually gassed out and lost in like the third or the fourth. I mean, but... this sort of thing you you kind of see the whole like you know Gaethje's on a different level just because Vic he's faced like three ranked guys. He beat Trinaldo and he lost to Darius and Gaethje, and those yeah. are bad losses. But he just got knocked out cold by both. So you get the sort of sense where you know Vic is building his resume, building his resume, and then the first time he faces someone legit, he just gets murdered. I think Darius dominated him a lot harder than Gaiju did. Yeah, Darius... That was clean. Yeah. Darius was, was a lot more comprehensive in a way. Vic couldn't get anything done. And again, it isn't the same Vic. So... Yeah, like the Rockhold comparison is definitely there. Yeah, I mean... I wonder how much he cuts. Huh? I wonder how much Vic cuts. It's just insane. Uh, it's yeah, dude's giant. It's not like he's skinny. <laughs> he's, you know, he's just he looks like middleweight. Yeah, he looks like he he yeah he. It's like his bones are made of helium. I mean, yeah. he makes lightweight. He's used to have a really tall guy just like end up being really skinny. Like um, what's the name of that featherweight bantamweight guy? George Rope. Oh yeah, was he was really skinny. Yeah, or the guy broke his leg. Um. Corey, Corey Hill? The uh, famous one where he got checked and Anson sold himself. Ooh, I don't... I remember uh, who that. I still remember who that was. I think he wasn't like... He was just kind of like a guy, to be honest. I think he's... Uh, let's look it up. Yeah, Corey Hill. He broke his leg. Oof. This but, is back in 20... 2008. Ooh, okay. So that was before <laughs> Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva, Corey Hill himself. Yeah, but this was like the iconic. Oh, he actually died yeah. three years ago. That's not, that's not good. But, yeah, overall, I think uh, Gaethje probably should fight, I don't know, Lee. I'm thinking Gaethje Lee. And I was thinking Gaethje Hooker, personally. I don't think, I think Lee's just a little bit t- top uh, upper echelon. And also, I just don't like that fight as much. I think Hooker would be a great fight. I was thinking Vic Hooker. Sure, that also makes sense. Big tall guys, only one can go on. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of what Hook, Hooker's game wouldn't work against Vic because Vic's taller. Yeah, you're not gonna get standing knees. Yeah, it's, it's like well, Vic is. I mean, um, Hooker's already playing a tall man's game, so if you go against someone who's bigger than him, what? Yeah, but left? then so is Vic. I mean, Vic's best attribute is being able to. Keep, but if he's facing someone that can hit him from that range as well, then he's probably not gonna do as well. Actually, how long is Dan Hooker? I'm pretty sure he's not as big as Vickers. Like, Vickers is gigantic. Yeah, I mean, and Dan Hooker used to be a featherweight, so... Yeah, yeah Vick's 6'3", and Hooker is 6' foot, Ooh, and okay, Vick yeah. has a 1-inch reach advantage. Yeah, would be more. I mean, not huge, but a height advantage amplifies that a little bit. True. So, I mean, I was thinking Gaethje Lee, just because Lee missed weight in his last one. So he probably shouldn't be fighting up. On and like I was thinking Hooker, I could see pretty much any of those big lightweight prospects. Like if Nasrat Hakparast were to fight James Vick, I think he'd kick ass. But 
Yeah. James Vick were to fight, like, I don't know. I don't, there are no fights at lightweight at this point. So Vick is back into the Shark Tank regardless. You know what they should do? Hernandez versus Gaiji. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> I, I hope so. Like, I come on, Hernandez would just, yeah, Hernandez would just rush him. <laughs> Hernandez I think would it would be fun. Him. Yeah. Hernandez would rush him, Gaethje would outscramble him, and literally elbow his face in. Like, yeah, pretty much. Sounds good. Yeah, it does. I'm I'm really salty about Hernandez. Like since what March, I'm yep. salty about Hernandez since March. Yeah, I didn't I didn't begrudge him the OIM the OIM win, but the um Darius win, I'm just he pretty much kicked him in the dick straight off. <laughs> yeah, it was like I get that he probably wasn't faking a glove touch, but on the other he hand, was. you have Come to acknowledge on. that it looked like a glove touch. You could see Darius' reaction made it look like it was a fake love touch, and Darius never got back into the fight. Yeah, I mean, Darius is just, for all his good attributes, he starts glacially slow. Yeah. Like, probably would have won if that got into the second round, but, you know, it didn't even make it past the first minute, so that's just idle speculation. True, yeah. Uh, uh, all right, so 2 to eight, I'm guessing? Yeah. Overall, that was a fun card, though. Yeah, it's a good card. I said like eight and a half, half ten. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice if Vic and Gage had been a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a stylistically intriguing fight. It just, like, Gaethje was able to just, you know, take the very first opportunity. Sure. So, uh, 228. Uh, honestly, the main card is weak as hell. And the prelims are fairly strong. So yeah. I feel like if you took Zabit can crushing, uh, Nico Price and Al Hassan that on the prelims, and then took Rivera Dodson and Sterling Stamen and threw down the main card, that would be a good card. Like, yeah, so, better. But I'd keep the base on. They just built this one the weirdest possible way. Sure. So uh, go and there's actually been a recent cancellation. Ryan Benoit is out of the uh, Sanchez fight on the early prelims. He will be replaced by uh, the guy himself in America, Jared Brooks. No, good shit. Yeah. So, I think Jared Brooks isn't bad. Jared Brooks is good. He looked excellent against Shorty Torres. But against Shorty Torres is not very good. I don't think he's like. I, mean, I don't think he's going to stay sticking the USA. Uh, I mean, he's Shorty Torres was a. Back on the on the regionals. Yeah, but like Shorty Torres has had two UFC fights and has arguably won yeah. like five seconds. Yeah, he's won like 0. 0.5 of them. Pretty his, much. His own, like... Yeah. His win is uh, getting into position to get Brooks to spike himself because he was losing every second of every fight he's had in the UFC. Pretty much. But actually he had the first minutes of the second round against Brooks, so I remember he came out hard, but then Brooks started wrestling him. Yeah. If that was the if, if that takedown was like completed, he would just rode out from top position pretty easily. Yeah, and you know Brooks pretty much had the takedown again. He just Torres the right thing. It's just incredibly low percentage. So yeah. like Brooks is probably the better fighter, and Brooks had a fairly close decision against Davis and Figueredo. True. Who just pulled guillotines at every possible opportunity. Just fun. Pulled the old John Moraga. <laughs> 
pulled uh, the old fighting Justin Scoggins. And the um, Dustin Poirier against um, Alvarez. Ooh, yeah. Uh, oh, man. He kept he shooting had, He had one of those pretty deep, too. Yeah, but guillotines are still low percentage. Yeah, I, I never want to see a guy like pulling a guillotine unless it's Pedro Munoz. Exactly, or um, or Tiger. Yeah, I mean even Ortega. I don't remember the last time he straight up pulled a guillotine. Um, what's his name? Moicano. Uh, oh, that was kind of a pull, wasn't it? It was kind of a counter. It was. Yeah, true. It was like a counter, but like Moicano was shooting anyway. Uh, Swanson kind of because he like dived from the clinch. Oh, true, true. That's that's yeah, that's. That, but that wasn't really conventional Paul Gelatin, though. Yeah, I mean, he went for the uh, the Dars first. He went yeah. for the Dars, that the almost got it. And then he went for something more low percentage in the second round for no reason. Yeah. He was getting his ass kicked in the second round until he found it. Yeah, he was getting his ass... Like, if Cub Swanson's making you look that bad on the feet, like, I still don't know why I would favor you over anyone above him. But Pretty much. Frankie Edgar, so I don't know how to feel about him. Except yeah, but there's no strong way to feel about Ortega. Yeah, I'm just, I just profoundly salty about Ortega from a betting perspective. I'm, yeah. I'm always gonna bet against him until he ends up, you know, losing. At which point, you know. I know I'm gonna start betting on him, but the person I bet on him, to, I bet on him to beat will beat him dominantly. Yeah. It'll be like <laughs> Darren Elkins on like two days notice, and Darren Elkins will just come out there and fuck him up. It's like Ortega's fighting like. Ortega's scheduled for a title defense after defending his title nine times. It's a short notice replacement with the equivalent of Ally Quinta. And he just gets on him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it'll be Darren Elkins. Like, um, Holloway will drop out. Darren Elkins will get in there. And Darren Elkins will beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> that would be incredible. You say that would be good. Oh, that would be great. But it would still be yeah. Like, I would not believe it even after it happened. Man. I think Darren Elkins could honestly be... He, he could make it a compelling fight against Ortega. I mean, he Elkins is tough as fuck. Yeah, but he got choked down in less than a minute against Trump from the bottom. And yeah, but I think Oliveira is like... Uh, as a pure sub guy, is actually probably equivalent to Ortega. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing I'd say about guys like Oliveira and even Pettis is that they're a lot better at making things happen when there aren't things like to take advantage of. Where Ortega is just sort of give him the opportunity, he'll, he'll make the opportunity happen in sort of a roundabout way, but it's not really like he's has a process behind it. So Yeah, that's my thing. Like, if Elkins shot on him lazily, then he'd grab the guillotine, like, you know, easy. But if Elkins, like, you know, actually got on top of him and there, was, there wasn't, like, a transitional battle there, I don't know how good Ortega would be at making things happen. True. I think Elkins wins by Von Flojak. <laughs> the old OSP. Yep. Elkins will fuck him up. Elkins, uh, Elkins wraps the guillotine around like the Von Flo. Yep. <laughs> he docks it. He uh, concusses um, or Tiger badly, grabs the guillotine. Here, grab my head, quick. Yep. All right. So two to eight. Yeah. Uh, first fight on the card, or you want to go top down or bottom up? Bottom up works better, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Neal versus Frank Camacho. Oof. I think Camacho is definitely the betting is the betting yeah. fight or value at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's the underdog. I'm pretty sure. 
It's like 2.62, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, it's Jeff Neal, if I'm not mistaken, is coming off a big bulldog RNC chip, Brian Kamasi. Oh, wow. He's, yeah, Je- Jeff Neal is a, uh, he's a favorite. He's minus 170 here in the States. So, Frank Camacho is a decent underdog, and I think I'd take him if he can turn it into the fight he has. Pretty much. I don't think Neil – I think Neil showed some heavy hands against um, against Kamazi, but I don't think he's as good as brawling as Kamazi is. Yeah, pretty much. I just see it as being a 50-50, probably 55-45 Camacho off experience. Yeah, that's fair. So I, I just don't get the odds at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think everyone just looks at a f- really fun guy like Camacho and just says he's not beating anyone that we think is even slightly decent. Because I mean, brawl, like brawling is a legitimate game if you can make it happen, especially yeah. uh, like lower level guys who don't really have the distance control or the composure to not. So I don't think Neil is high. Camacho's probably just going to out-brawl him. It's not like um, Neil's really got that much depth or like he hasn't really beaten anybody good or anything like that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and the um, Tuesday night contender guys just seem to be like overvalued by the books for some reason. Yeah, same happened with uh, Charles Bird moving forward. <laughs> oh, God. Charles Bird. He choked out the white Mike Tyson who had the submission defense in- of Mike Tyson, if you were white. Uh, SPG is just a horrible place where careers go to die. Yeah. And they have one good... Oh, they have one great fighter, and the rest of their fighters are just sort of struggling trying to emulate that one fighter. Oh, it's it's like they keep teaching everybody else to fight like Connor when they haven't got the athleticism or the craziness to pull it off. Or even the defense. Like, I don't even think Connor... Uh, Nelson, Connor's a defensive savant. And I don't even think Connor's that great defensively, but Gunnar Nelson, he should be a grappler and he's so happy to strike because he was at SPG for a long time. It's pretty much nobody is like, oh, Connor has managed to use the um, attacks to counter, but most people have been able to hit Connor. Yeah. I mean, like the SPG, it should be good, but I don't think it's like a UFC level gym. They just found a really, really great guy, and they didn't even really – I don't think they developed him from, like, the ground up. No. He was – he just sort of showed up there, and SBG was in his corner, but I don't know how much they did towards his development if they can't really help or adapt to the other people that they have. It's like if um if OSP was slightly better and <laughs> his coach was like, I am the greatest coach to ever live. I mean, yeah, it's like if OSP, like, managed to knock out the most random ship. And then it's like, yeah, you're, it's, you're coaching, of course. It's not just the fact that you ran into who could knock yeah. out a bunch of guys with no process at all. No, it's your coaching. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. So, moving on to the next, well, this was canceled, but the fight in its stead, Sanchez versus Jared Brooks. And... Um, I say, say Jared Brooks wins at nine out of ten times. Yes, Sanchez, if I remember correctly, choked out uh, another Sanchez, uh, RNC really quickly, 
And Jared Brooks is a legit wrestler. He is a decent striker. And the odds are not up for this fight yet because it happened like a couple hours ago. I'm guessing Jared Brooks about 1.6, 1.7, minus 150, I'd say. Yeah, I'd guess he's opens as a decent. But that's just because no one knows Sanchez. But I wouldn't be surprised he opened, if the line were narrower than it should be just because of his last fight. And it's been a week's notice. <laughs> I mean, he became a legit meme because of that. And it's a shame because he's good. He's a really yeah. good player, especially for flyweight. He got a really close fight with number six at flyweight right now. Yeah. And, you know, he just kind of stalled out because of that, because um, of the one and because he lost to lost quote unquote. But yeah, I'd take Jared Brooks here if he opens anywhere near evens. Yeah, pretty much. I think he'd probably go open evens and just shoot like minus 150, 160. Yeah, I'd, I'd take him in as soon as the line opens up. That point. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Irene Aldana versus Lucy Pudilova. I don't know anything about this fight, so unless you have something to contribute, I think we'll just skip it. Who the fuck are those guys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex White versus Jim Miller. And this is, in my opinion, the best line on the card. Jim Miller at 125. Alex White at minus 145. Now. It's, it's the Passion Olympics, man. Come on. I, mean, I, I just, I, just don't want to, I don't want to say this. <laughs> Alex, I don't want to bet on Jim Miller at this point. He's on a four-fight skid. But on the other hand, I don't want to bet on a guy whose best win might be Arnold Lobov. That's a great win, man. Artem, uh, I mean, yeah. But none of his other wins even reach the level of Artem Lobov. Like, Artem Lobov might just be an anomaly, dude. Uh, Mitch Clark is on the same level as Artem Lobov, I'd say. Uh, yeah, but I remember he looked pretty bad in that fight, didn't he? It was at, like, 215, and he had, like, some issues or something. Yeah. Like, too well. But... Miller is probably the value side, but it's just I don't want to even think about this sort of stuff. <laughs> These two fights are depressing. Yeah. I mean, it's like Miller, he's, I don't think he's shot just because he's faced four really, really good guys. He faced Poirier, he faced Pettis, he faced Trinaldo, and then he faced. That's a gauntlet. Uh, you know, great. I know people who bet on Jake Alleberger last week with the same logic. Oh, I mean, that's not really. I mean, who was Jake Allenberger's last loss? He lost to Mike Perry, who wasn't really going anywhere. He lost to... I lost to what's his name? Um, ben Saunders. Saunders. He lost to... Yeah. That's far worse than losing to Trinaldo. True, yeah. But... I think the Trinaldo was like a great price. He was like minus 140 or something. And I went, I went huge on that. Yeah, I know. Trinaldo is... He might be the most underrated lightweight right now. He was on like a quiet seven-fight streak until he ran into Lee. And then he ran into Vic. Yeah. But next fight, a similar dynamic, even worse, Diego Sanchez. The oh, God. Back, the nightmare to his own brain, Diego Sanchez is back to fight Craig White, the Thundercat. I am honestly tempted to go big on Sanchez here because Craig White is that terrible. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to rate being blown out by Neil Magny because Neil Magny has been blown out by anyone I consider to be like an actually good fighter. But um, 
like uh, that's why it was kind of weird because like it wasn't like Magni was blowing Magni was just having a cage hugging competition with him for three minutes. Yeah, and then, then he just decided he to land a knee. He just gently taps him with his knee. <laughs> it was not a particularly hard knee. Yeah. <laughs> it just looked like a dive, kind of. <laughs> yeah, he just sort of bent him with the underhook and just like threw a soft ass knee that threw white off balance more than anything. Then Magni just followed up. Yeah, but like I don't think Craig is good enough to be a minus two thirty favorite over anyone in the UFC. Yeah, but Diego Sanchez should be a featherweight. Yeah, okay, Diego Sanchez should be retired if we're going there. But sure, I mean he still has the ability to steal decisions by running forward and windmilling as his tradition. So we could take this. I think it made more of a live betting thing where like if you. Watch the first three minutes. If Sanchez hits a takedown, just go fucking all in. <laughs> yeah. Because you'll be able to get him for like fucking three to one. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, Craig White, if Craig White's winning, it's probably going to be in the first few minutes because we want to find out if Sanchez is shot enough to lose to legit talent. Pretty much. Why does they even regional talent? He's like, regional dross. Like he's... He had a decent, he lost really, really early in his career. Not really, really early. Fairly early in his career. He went on a decent tear to get the short notice call against Magni, and he just got blown out by Magni. So he's regional talent, I'd say, but, like, he's not upper-level regional talent like, you know, some of the guys in PFL or some of the guys, you know? Yeah, pretty much. He's just, okay, you're a bum. Yeah. So moving on to one of the fights that should be on the main card, and that's Jimmy Rivera versus John Dodson. You skipped Darren Stewart versus Charles Bird. Did you? Oh, I'm going on the uh, the best fight odds order. Uh, I'm going on topology, fair enough. All right, it'll go your order. Uh, I mean, I could just go by the UFC order where it is Bird versus Stewart, and that is a fun fight if, you know, Stewart ends up winning. I have a feeling Stewart just, like, knocks him out. Because, like, yeah. Stewart actually looked... Decent in his last two fights. Yeah, I mean, the loss against Marquez is just not bad news at all for him when he's probably going to be employed for at least another few fights off that barn burner. Pretty much. Like, in the first, did he win the first round? Or was he looked like he won the first round, remember? He, yeah, he it was a, it was chaotic as hell. And if you're going up against a Dana White guy who's supposed to be, like, you know, got coming off a big head kick, the contender no. series, and giving him the fight of his life, then... It's a pretty good bet that you're at least a decent fighter. Sure. And Didn't Marquez get robbed last time out? Was that? that? Didn't Marquez get robbed last time out? I vaguely oh, yeah, I guess DeCurico, yeah. Yeah. He, I gave that fight to him easy. And they gave it to DeCurico for God knows what reason. Was that um the one with all the robberies on it, or was that another card? Uh, uh, that was, I think that was the Ultimate Fighter finale. That was the, um, which one? Cormier... Miocic. Oh, all right. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think Stewart takes out Bird just because Stewart isn't you know like Tyson, and Bird isn't. I don't think he's great, and Stewart has lost to some decent guys. I mean, Robertson's not bad. Um, Marquez isn't bad. He should have won his last fight. Robertson totally by Cesar Fajaya, but you know. That, that happens. Fahey is good. And yeah. Bird's only UFC win is John Phillips. Um, 
the, oh yeah, um, what's his name? Um, Marquez fought on the same card as um, what's his name? The goat, John Gunther. Oh, that dude. Uh, you mean? Oh, I love that dude. The other guy. No, John Gunther. Actually, that that card was hilarious. That was one with the one with the, the ass pounding, wasn't it? Oh yeah, with uh, like it was the end of the uh, second round. Yeah, and then they were just sort of sixty-nine and punching each other in the ass. Yeah, that was that was great. That was hysterical, dude. Like, I think Joe Janetti got released after that, and I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> Why would you release a guy off that? That that was a performance. <laughs> that was performance of the night. Performance of the year. That's that's one of my highlights of the year so far. That's one of those things you put on different kind of pay per view. Yep. But yeah, I think I think Stewart gets it here. He's a decently powerful. He's a decently powerful puncher. He's you know fairly good on the feet. I would say compared to the guys that Bird has beaten, which is no one. Yeah, Stewart's just kind of an idiot, to be honest. That's his main <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah. Like That's the, the issue of uh, guys. Yeah, the headbutt on um, Bahos, I believe. Yeah. No problem with that. Oh, like Stewart actually looks athletic for middleweight. Yeah, he's he's decently fast and powerful, and I don't think you see that sort of thing at lower level on the weight classes. Like you see that at lightweight all the time, but at middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight, like if you're athletic and to be like a standout at the lower levels, you're at least mid level at that point, even if you make all the wrong decisions. Yeah, because like he threw that flying knee against um, Spicely, and he like just jumps like his entire body height, and I was like, How so bad. It's <laughs> that basketball player level. Up. Exactly. Like, he had a legit like you know body vertical, and I was like, you should be hitting people a lot harder. You're at least as athletic yeah. as Brunson. Like you need to be going out and throwing Verdum kick at this point. Exactly. But I mean, yeah, I don't think. Uh, I think Bird's a pretty big favorite here, actually. Bird. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, he's minus two twenty-five to Stewart's plus one eighty-five. So yep. yeah, Bird is a sturdy favorite, and I'm... yeah, I think Stewart should definitely the value side here. But you know, I usually play underdogs, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've played on a couple fit. Like I played on MJ, but then that didn't work out well. That was not pretty. <laughs> yeah, I might play Shevchenko here just because it's like if you bet the house, you'll get like a little extra powder room. And, I, I guess. Yeah. But I might play. Nah, probably not. I might play Sterling if he ends up as a slight fan. But we'll get into yeah. it. But I remember after, uh, Shevchenko's last fight. I had her by submission. And she just <laughs> mauls that woman. And I was just like. <laughs> I won the bet, but I really shouldn't have. <laughs> Yamasaki saved your money. Yep. Nice Yamasaki. Yeah. But uh, next one, Rivera versus Dodson. And Rivera is making a quick turnaround. Oh, yeah, because he got knocked out like two months ago, three months ago. Yeah, it was uh, first of June, and this is uh, three months later. Dude. I'm going to call versus Gabby a split decision. <laughs> Where Rivera wins because he throws twice the volume with like eighty percent the effectiveness. Oh, I mean, I don't. Is Rivera a volume guy? Rivera's always seemed like a slower paced counter guy. Yeah, but Dalton is not a volume guy at all. Oh, I mean, true, Ob- like absolutely. But I feel like Rivera would just waiting on things to come from Dodson, and Rivera's a really, really solid counter guy. But I yeah. think like raw hand speed and raw foot speed could just 
give him serious problems, especially before he could read Dodson's timing. Sure. Like, Dodson's timing is so quick. I don't I think people have honestly issues picking it. Yeah, I mean, Marlon Moraes got dropped by um, that first double left hand. Yeah. Him, and he was able to recover and pretty much just counter Dodson at every turn. But if Rivera's coming off a quick knockout and he's pretty much reliant on playing the counter game and Dodson's super quick and Rivera has like one layer of defense that he uses to counter, his counters are pretty predict- predictable as well. I feel like there's some value. Dodson, as long as Rivera is a pretty solid uh, favorite. Well, they're kind of evens at the moment, remember? Yeah, it's like minus 145 plus 125. So I just say take the. Yeah, push elegant, Yeah, it's it's cl- it's super close. But I just say take the underdog here because it's a close fight. Rivera is, I'd say, a little bit overrated at this point. Yeah. Because like Almeida, he's depreciated as a win. Uriah Faber, he's also depreciated as a win. Pedro- yeah. Has appreciated a little bit, but not as much as the other two have depreciated. So, I mean, also, like John Dodson has very good take down the fence. Yeah. So Rivera is going to be operating out of a big chin deficit. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's he's got like a C minus chin. I don't think he's like completely terrible because you know anybody wouldn't get knocked out by the head kick. Yeah. But I don't think he's very durable. And he's Rivera's like um, Bechtel. Your Rivera's gotten cracked a couple times. Yeah. He's like Bektik, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bektik, that's a good comparison. Really good fighters, but they, if there's one issue there, there's a little bit of a durability question. Yeah. But I mean, I think Rivera, he got cracked by Thomas Almeida once, and he was pretty much controlling the entirety of that fight. He got caught once and sort of dropped. Yeah. Like, for someone who pretty much lives and dies off defense, I feel like he can't afford to cracked as much as he is. Sure. The issue of Dodson is Do- Dodson could just do nothing. <laughs> yeah. This is just going to be a super slow fight. That's probably the right call. I'm calling a split decision. Uh, let me see if there's what the fight goes to decision line is because it's probably pretty bad. Fight I'm guessing it would be. It's at minus 265. So- yeah, minus 250 yeah, or minus 265. Yeah, that's just... No good, but I. Either Dodson knocks him out in a single round or goes to the decision. There's no other outcomes. <laughs> yeah, Dodson, like, once you can read Dodson's timing, it's just the counters are always there. But reading his timing is tough when he's just sprinting at you and, you know. Throw- well, Dodson has Woodley and Bronson disease. <laughs> where most of their knockouts just come from being so far, so quick and so dynamic that guys like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? But if you last yeah. around, A, they get gun shy, and B, you you realize how fast and how hard they hit. Yeah. So it's, just, it's no longer a surprise. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where, like, John Dodson is sort of the epitome of using athletic advantages to minimize technical depth. He's yeah. not technically great. He works entirely in flurries. Tyron Woodley's a good example just because he's like, once you feel his power and once you read his timing, there isn't much else there. But Pretty much. there's a big threat of you just eating it and going down. Well, look at Woodley's career. Woodley has never actually knocked somebody out past the first round. Yeah, he has a couple of strike force, but past that, yeah. Yeah, there's a regional submission, so gives a shit. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. I don't think Woodley faced anyone really good in strike force, except for Andre Galvao, but he's a grappler more than anything. 
Uh, Nate Marquardt fight was fine. It was fun. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. Jordan, I, he fought Jordan Mine. Didn't know about. Oh yeah, what decision with Jordan Mine? Wait, no, we fought um, Paul Daly, Safadine, and Mine. That's actually those aren't bad wins. Man, I don't. Oh, I was just thinking about his finishes. Yeah, he fought some decent guys. I remember Daly rolling into an Plata in that fight. Yeah. That was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of <laughs> tried it in the last thirty seconds of the fight, and we just kind of got up out of it. Yeah. Well, it's Simon Plata. Yeah. I mean, you know, plotters are tough. Anyway. There's been like two in the UFC. But uh, let's see. So, yeah, I think values on whoever's the underdog in Rivera Dodson. And I would say the same about Sterling Stamen. Um, yeah, I got um, Sterling when he opened up at 1.9, so I'm happy with that. Oh, nice. It was like, one minus, it was like minus 105. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a close <laughs> one. I just think Sterling is just slightly better everywhere. If anything, I like. I I think I like Sterling a lot more than anybody else in the world does because he was my mate. He's he was my biggest bet this year against um, Johns. Nice. I went like I went literally like one and a half max bets him because I was like, how does Johns win this? <laughs> dude, dude, just pick him with John, and I just yeah. didn't understand it. My belief is that some of these like ultra prospects, because Sterling was an ultra prospect. Yeah. People expect them to either be like perennial contenders or they just think they're terrible yeah they don't realize that like sterling has just kind of solidified into a top five guy at bantamweight yeah i mean i don't know if he's a top five guy let me see what are the bantamweight rankings in the ufc i'd say so i'd take him over crows uh i mean i'd say he has the talent to be a top five guy but that um that mariah's knockout knocked the crap out of him uh, the top five is mariah's rivera austin sal yeah, Mariah's the best world bad and white in the world. Yeah, Mariah's. I think Dillashaw beats Mariah's, but Dillashaw and Mariah's goes Dillashaw, Mariah's, Asuncao, and then Garbrandt. And I think you could probably take Cruz out because he's done. And Sterling I'd is take, close. I'd take Sterling over Dodson, Cruz, um, and Garbrandt. Yeah, I'd put him on number five for the moment. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Garbrandt is just a weird case just because we don't know anything he can do other than beat Cruz. And wings. So yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, I'd probably take everyone in the top like nine, not nine, like top eight over Garbrandt except for Cruz. So I, mean, I think we need to see Lineker Garbrandt already. Oh uh, yeah, I mean Lineker just I, you know bangs him out. I could see um Garbrandt beating Rivera just because of Chen. Yeah, possibly. I, mean, I, I just think, think Garbrandt blitzes him. I think it's possible, but I also think that Rivera is like, he's too smart of a fighter to just get caught by the same hook cross, not letting him hook cross, hook, 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 hook over again. Because Garbrandt probably has to end it in round one and just catch Rivera perfectly on the chin to, you know, finish it before Rivera can actually get a read on his timing. Otherwise, Rivera is going to move away and, you know, counter the shit out of him. Yeah, but even like Dillashaw has been caught by both fights. He got dropped both fights. Yeah, I mean, and he and he had like years in the gym with him. Yeah, and there's the fact that you know Dillashaw that was more of a lapse of discipline than anything else. And if there's one thing you can't fault Jimmy Rivera for, it's that you know he never goes away from the game plan. Like even if he has a finish in hand, he just doesn't go after it because he's disciplined. Sure. Anyway, it's, it's, um, it's a virtual device, are, yeah. but against Garbrandt, it works. 
I like this diamond. I, I, I'm still not convinced by this diamond. I think um, Carol White beat him. I don't think that was a good decision. Yeah, that that was a weird fight. It, it was sort of like Woodley Maya, but if Woodley had like back control at the end of rounds one and three. In Maya, wasn't it? Oh yeah, if Maya had. Yeah. yeah. It's like um, Carol White won round one pretty easily. It was like yeah, almost ten eight, wasn't it? From memory. Uh, I don't think he had a near... So he had, like, an inverted triangle type thing at some point. And he did a deep start, but I don't think Stamon did much round one. Yeah. And round three, he Yeah. Well, round three, he ended the fight, like, last two minutes. He, like, took... He pushed forward, and he got the bat, and he got, like, top position at the very yeah. end of the fight. And I felt like yeah, that's the one decision. Yeah, most of rounds one and two were just Stamon defending and sort of getting by on uh, Caraway with, like, because Caraway is a real awkward striker. He just sort of yep. came inside his loopier punches with slightly straighter punches, but I don't think that says much about Stamen, just that Caraway has bad striking and probably still should have won the fight. Yeah, sure. And, um, yeah. yeah, I think I'd take Sterling here if he's an underdog. I'd be a little bit more hesitant on Stamen, but I think this fight is fairly close. I personally put a Sterling at about minus 150 if I was like handicapping this. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, Sterling, uh, yeah. it's the same thing that you just said. It's like he's underrated just because he got you know, taken out by Caraway. Well, not taken out. He got decision by Caraway, got decision by Sun Sao, and he got wiped out by Marais. But those are all like really legit guys. And yeah. he's probably top five level at this point if you like take out the guys who shouldn't be top five at this point, but he's fighting down for the second time in a row because no one buys it. He's legit after getting wiped. Yeah, but what's wrong with being wiped? Like, you know, Sun Sao's yeah. not a bad loss. Carol Wade's not a bad loss. And Mariah's not a bad loss. loss. I think Mariah's beats Dillashaw. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think Dil I would cap Dillashaw at about that same 150. Right. Mariah's, like, Mariah's excellent, but I don't think he's... As versatile as Dillashaw, if that makes sense. Dillashaw yeah, he's not innovative. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I agree. Dillashaw can just play any game that you can, you know, throw at him. While Marais hasn't really been tested past, like, the quick knockouts over Sterling and Rivera don't really give me much information. And Austin Sow and Dodson just sort of played his game for most of it. Sure. Um, uh, yeah. Esparza versus Suarez. And Esparza, if I'm not mistaken, is a really, really, really big underdog here. I think the, I suppose the argument is kind of that like Suarez does Esparza's thing better. But I could see Esparza, like, if Suarez can't get a takedown here, I could definitely see Esparza doing yeah. winning decisions. Esparza is a plus four. Here, it's which... another live betting one. After like two minutes, we'll know whether Suarez can just manhandle yeah. it. It's kind of like every Khabib fight. Yeah. Where, you know, you, like, Suarez, ooh, Suarez is uh, pretty much a pure wrestler, if I'm not mistaken. Even Esparza showed a little bit of stopping power against Gedalia, but yep. Suarez just pure takedowns, nothing else, and I don't think we've seen anything from around the feet. Uh, not really, from memory. I remember she just wrecked, um, what's the name? Uh, Garza. Uh, yeah. Grasso was supposed to be a prospect, and then she just got absolutely destroyed. But yeah, but she was more the cute girl. And, um, she was more like the cute WMA prospect rather than the real one, to be honest. 
Yeah, I mean, like WMMA has so few real prospects that the marketable sort of become conflated with like the really, really good. So, yeah. like the variance among those, like the mid level and the lower level of most women's MMA divisions. It's low enough that you can sort of just plug anyone in a prospect and they'd sort of buy it. Yeah. But I think Suarez can take it, but I also think that the value is pretty easily on Esparza. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I'd definitely say that. I think Suarez should be close to like minus 300, minus 250. Yeah, minus 535 is insane. Yeah. It would have to be a grasso level performance to justify this sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, moving on, uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Nico Price, and my guess is Nico Price via from the bottom. Nico Price pulls some magical win out of his ass after <laughs> losing for fourteen minutes and fifty-seven seconds. <laughs> Nico Price via inverted triangle Kimura. And I can smack anybody who tells me that um, Nico Price was bet against Randy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Nico Price was a no. That I would not bet on Nico Price again. They were even, they were even money, and it was just like Nico Price fished out like probably one of the five best finishes in UFC history off his fucking back. I mean, one of the best, but like it just it was decisive, obviously. But like Randy Brown was sort of kicking his ass before that. He was, yeah, fairly easily. And also, and like was- usually when you go for a knee bar, you lose that far. But instead, he somehow turns a knee bar into that. Amethyst from the bottom. Yeah. I mean, unless Al Hassan has like, well, I mean, no, Al Hassan just probably beats him up on the feet. But on the other hand, Price has actually looked really good on the feet against like at least one legit guy in Joban. Like Joban's not a, yeah. leader, but he's legit. And the only guy that Price has looked totally outclassed by on the feet was Vicente Luque. Didn't some Price just kind of just swarm Joban? It wasn't like he. Well, you're not awesome, but yeah. like Joban is a decent fighter. Yeah, true. I'm just saying it wasn't like he um, completely technically not like he just he just kind of got in his face, didn't he? Yeah, and Joban has some chin issues. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not really like it wasn't a destruction, and it seems like everyone just kind of forgot that fight happened because it just led to nothing. But yeah, uh, yeah, Price just got absolutely blown out by Vicente Luque on the feet and on the ground when it went to the ground for the last like 30 seconds. But I don't think Al-Hassan is exactly Vicente Luque. I think Vicente Luque is going some places though, like in his current iteration. I love Vicente Luque is probably the fighter at hoofed with the most potential at this point. Yeah. Just cause you know, AJ's retired, MJ's crashing and burning, Struve is done. Pretty much Vicente Luque and no one else. Struve is just heading the Struve Renaissance. In five years, he'll be heavyweight champion. And it's heavyweight, so that could happen. I'm all the stuff in Struve. Struve needs to go train with Vic. No, he's only 30 years old. That's a baby by heavyweight terms. Yeah, Struve. I think Struve is... The average average heavyweight signee is 30. Yeah, Struve is young. But he's pretty much... He's fully developed. I don't think there's any way to argue that he's... Like going to get better at this point, especially when so many stagnated under Hooft. True. Like the only guys who have really grown under Hooft are Vicente Luque and MJ once he came in as a uh, as a pure wrestler and got given the hands of God and just wasted them. 
But, I mean, yeah, I think Vicente Luque is going places. He's got that really nice left hook knockout of both uh, Muhammad and, um, who was it? Chad Laprise. Yeah. Flatline Chad Laprise. So, uh, I'm not sure what to make of this fight. All I know is it shouldn't be on the main card. But... Andrade, uh, oh, in think of us. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be entertaining, I'd imagine. It's not bad. It's not a bad um, yeah, card starter, but... I guess. It's better this yeah. than like, some random shitty WMA fight. That's true. We've got three of those coming up. Well, no. Now, that's unfair to Andrade and Kovacavich. But, um, yeah, the first iteration of the main card at 228 was three women's MMA fights in a row. Yeah. At Woodley Till. I feel like they just expected uh, Abbott and Rodriguez to take most of the entertainment burden on that one. I don't see how Woodley Till ends up being like an entertaining fight. It's either going to be like yeah. a quick knock, first round knockout, or it's going to be nothing happening. Yeah, it's ba- like all signs point to this being a Tyron Woodley fight or a typical Darren Till fight. Neither is entertaining if either of them presents a challenge. Like Pretty much. Darren Till, he he looked fun, but that was because he was fighting guys like. Bohan Velichkovich, and even Cerrone, who was, in retrospect, a pretty horrible fight for Darren Till. Darren Till was a pretty horrible fight for Donald Cerrone. And in the meantime, he faced, like, the one really good fighter he faced and just got, like, led around the cage and countered at will. So I don't feel that this will be a fun fight. I don't like Darren Till because I just don't think he's got very good finishing instincts. He's not a finisher. <laughs> he like he dominated a lot of the a lot of the shit as he fought in his first four fights. Yeah. But he just kind of dropped them and stared at them. Yeah, and he to finish Donald Cerrone, he punched him in the upper back over and <laughs> over. Yeah, that's that's a traditional for that's 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 a fucking time honored tradition. I mean, yeah, but like if you're supposed to be like this, you know, to finish everyone round one, you know, you got yeah. you know bluster about you. You can't just go around hurting people and then just basically begging for them to recover so you can knock them out clean next time instead of finishing them there. Yeah, because I could see Till being another Woodley where he's either finishing quickly or just not finishing. Yeah. Till, he... Either he's just too big for you or he's just too big and explosive. Like, oh shit, I I can't do anything about this. (laughs) Yeah. Um... It's like Till's approach is limited enough that I could see, like... If you can get through the first round and figure him out, you're not going to have that much trouble with him. And I feel like he's being overhyped a little bit, but we'll get to that once we get through these other three fights. All right. Aren't you big on on Carolina? Uh, Not big on Carolina, but the odds suggest that I should... If I'm big on anyone in this fight, it's going to be Carolina. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, fair enough. It's hard for me to favor Andrade against anyone with the slightest bit of, like, crispness. But on the other hand, given the women's MMA meta, it's hard for me to not favor Andrade. Like, pretty much every women's fight is just going to be Andrade running... Okay, pretty much every women's fight is going to be two people running into the pocket and trading shots. Andrade is just ridiculously good at it and can just keep doing it for the entire fight. Yeah. So you're not going to beat her playing her game. And I'm not sure I can trust Kovacavich to not play her game. But on the other hand, Kovacavich is good enough, like, striking in the clinch that I could see her, like, sort of scoring some points there. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening. She gets knees going and that sort of stuff. She might be able to stop um, Andrade coming forward. Yeah, but I mean, on the other hand, Andrade is basically the Energizer Bunny as a fighter. So she's like Colby. She's like Colby Covington, slightly lower weight class. <laughs> she's like Colby Covington. If instead of trying to wrestle you, she just chases you across the cage and touches by accident. I still find Andrade. I I just have a soft spot for Andrade after um Gattelar and Andrade. That's that's one of the best women's fights of all time. Yeah, I mean, if not the I best. Can, yeah, I can see liking Andrade. It's just like. From, from a technical perspective, she's pretty much all athleticism because her pressure game makes John Lineker look like RDA. Pretty much. Oh, they should do um, Lineker and Figueredo. I still think that's just the best matchup. Who, Lineker and Figueredo? Yeah, somehow, like Bantamweight or something. Holy shit, that would be amazing. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and if Lineker could still make flyweight, that would be the fight to make. Even Bantamweight, like, I'd be down with that, like, I don't know, because yeah. Figueredo is probably not going to be able to make Bantamweight, um, Flyweight that much longer. Yeah, I mean, just make it, uh, like, one of those Felder-Perry type fights. Yep. Somehow it has to happen. That's an incredible fight. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I think I'd probably take Lineker. I think Lineker would just, his body work and all that would kind of carry into the decision. Yeah, especially... Can't stop Lineker. Yeah, I don't think Figueredo is, like, refined to not play Lineker's game. When, like, if you play Lineker's game, he's going to win. Like, TJ Dillashaw, near the end of their fight, and that was a pretty dominant fight, but near the end of their fight, still coming forward and throwing big body shots. And he'd and, broken his jaw, like, for 10 minutes beforehand. <laughs> yeah, and he was headbutting TJ's elbows. <laughs> yeah, Lineker's a great guy. Dude is an absolute savage. And yeah. he cannot... Like, Brian Kelleher tried to play his game and got absolutely... <laughs> Good luck, man. <laughs> Brian got boomed. It reminds me of um, Choi versus Stevens at the start of the year. And people were like, oh, Choi's going to stand in front of Stevens and beat him. I was like, nobody does that. <laughs> I picked Choi, but I also expected Choi to look a lot better than he did against Stevens. Like, I like Choi as... a lot, but no. Yeah. I mean, as soon as he like started to trade with, like, he didn't really look elusive at all. I figured Stevens would just sort of wear him down and bomb him. Pretty much. But, Good fight, yeah, though. I don't think Kovacavich beats Andrade if she plays Andrade's game. And I, the overwhelming likelihood is that Kovacavich plays Andrade's game just because most like people don't know how to not play Andrade's game, even at the levels of women MMA. Like, Joanna yep. was the only one able to do that. Yeah. I think Andrade beats. Um, I'm more confident in Andrade to beat um, Rose Lamb than her to beat um, Carolina. To be honest, <laughs> I think that's a terrible matchup for Rose. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Rose Joanna is that I kind of feel the same. Like it's not nearly to the same level, but I kind of feel the same way I do about uh, Rose uh, Joanna that I feel about Garber and Cruz. Yeah, the product of like really, really specific technical game plan which is going to beat her every time but it also means that if you face anyone else you're not going to look nearly as good unless you can break them down to the same extent and also just like in the day joanna and curry's both have huge power issues because they just do not hit yeah. very hard so people yeah, who are willing to sit down their punches and make them yeah. come to them can just win yeah i mean it was it's sort of tricky but not really once you look at it in respect yeah 
Cody, for all his flaws, he's powerful as hell at bantamweight, and he throws everything with all the power that he has, and that's pretty much enough to make Cruz want to stay in the pocket. Well, and also, I think that Cruz has fundamentally changed his entire game to beat Uriah Faber, and people like Uriah, <laughs> which eight years ago was most of the sport. You're running in with overhands? Oh, yeah, like a tough wrestle boxer who runs in with overhands is gritty. And yeah. Exactly, but people stopped fighting like your IFA, but like recently. Yeah. And also, particularly if you're a bantamweight champion, you know, half the people you're fighting get be alpha male guys. I mean, it's like Cruz was supposed to fight Rivera a short while back, not a short while back, like a yep. back. And it was, I don't, I still don't know how I would feel about that fight. Like, I think Rivera wins that one because um, I just don't think Cruz can take advantage of his chin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, Cruz can take advantage of anyone's chin. Except for, you oh, know, Mizugaki. Takei Mitsugaki. <laughs> what the fuck was that? that was how did that happen? Dude. I don't know. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> Cruz just took him down. <laughs> shit out of him. I should do it like once every like three months or something. We watch an regional guy or something. <laughs> like fighting Craig White, and people were like, "That's perspective." <laughs> it's, it's like uh, it's like watching a CM Punk fight before watching Robert Whittaker. Yeah, you just watch Robert Whittaker fight CM Punk, and then the Robert Whittaker okay. fights as a warm-up. That's just called a war crime. Exactly, but they would show perspective and how good the champions yeah. are. I mean, a lot like, of these guys, I think they're boring because they're just fighting good fighters. Yeah, like the thing about Cruz is just like he isn't going to take advantage of anyone's chin on the feet. And Rivera is, I think he's like he throws shit with power, but I think he's willing enough to allow Cruz to sort of dictate a pace and dance around him. That I'm not sure he would win that fight. But on the other hand, Cruz is most likely like totally for three injuries and his competition during his last run. He probably should have lost to Dillashaw. He beat Faber, and that's not really a feather in the one. So. Or even with Dillashaw. Dillashaw, once he stopped going for that same fucking head kick combo and started throwing leg kicks, he was, yeah. he was playing that pretty easily. Yeah, the plantar fasciitis flared up. That was more of a composure issue for Dillashaw than anything else. And he it was the same fucking her combo. He threw that combo like 20 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, TJ's always loved the head kick, though. Yeah, but particularly, he had that one setup. He just kept spamming, and it worked the first yeah. time. And it was just like... <laughs> It's been 10 minutes since the last time that worked. This, you beat the well too many times. It did work, and it just didn't work yeah. anymore. I mean, it's like when you're facing someone like Cruz, you just can't afford to do that. And, yeah. like, he still came up with a good game plan near the end of the fight and probably should have won that. I think I scored that for Dillashaw pretty much every time I watched it. But it was, like, a composure issue more than anything else. And I don't think everyone that Cruz faces at the highest levels is going to have that same sort of issue. Sure. Uh, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of guys that can just lean on the leg kicks will beat for Cruz. I just don't think yeah. Cruz's game was built with leg kicks really in mind. Because when <laughs> Cruz was first coming up, leg kicks weren't really part of the metagame. Yeah, that's fair. The metagame was overhand and nothing else. Like three, four years ago, leg kicks really sort of moved centre stage and I just don't think Cruz's style will keep up with that. Yeah, I mean... Like, like, uh, I've always done leg kicks. You've seen leg kicks from some guys, but the idea of a leg kick is sort of like a setup move for pretty much everyone has only been popularized pretty, like, 
not that far ago. And you would never have seen a Gaiji like years like years ago. Like <laughs> yeah. a Gaiji is as a wrestler. Yeah, I mean you sort of have Gaichi just um throwing leg kicks as he brawls, and that's not the yeah. where like, the brawler sort of comes forward and wins shots. Like back when Cruz was coming up, it was just the metagame was trash talking alpha male into throwing hands and nothing else. Pretty much. And he tried the same thing against Garbrandt and it didn't work because Garbrandt is more than an overhand. Alright, so is a bait versus um Davis? Oof, um um, I, I feel like Davis has to be the value side here just because of the yeah. odds. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's see, what are the odds? I don't. Are they up? Uh, I don't think the odds are. It up. was like plus nine hundred. I, I saw someone in Sherdog told me they'd up them overseas. It was like minus one thousand for him to beat. Yeah, uh, th- these are Davis has to be the value side, but on the if it wasn't evens, I would slam Zabbitt's delay. So, I mean, Cap Zabit at like minus 500 here against a guy that's 1 2 in the UFC and yeah. really bad against a wrestler last time. But, uh, I mean, there isn't that much to say about this fight other than I feel like Rodriguez would have done decently against Zabit. Yeah, I think a, Rodriguez was definitely the value side where he was. Yeah, it was like a, Rodriguez was on like a plus 400 at that point. Yeah, but he fell out. Dana is pulling his release papers out of the shredder and taping them together. And Magomed Sharipov is now facing Brandon Davis, who lost to the last guy Magomed Sharipov, pretty decisively beat. Yeah, pretty much. No other way to really get around it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how to really make this interesting, and this goes to the next fight as well, Nico Montano. The yeah, the, the champ is going to destroy her. Yeah. Nico Montano just shreds Shevchenko. You know, she has the belt for a reason. I know. She, she'll, this is going to be just ugly. Like, this shouldn't be yeah. sanctioned. This is just like, if if Shevchenko walks in there and, like, she's she has to be steep-A-level ice cold to walk in there and not be scared of the, you know, the... I see that boxing thing, the... You see that boxing thing last week where the guy just walked out of the ring? I think that's going to oh, yeah. happen. <laughs> just jump Shevchenko over the don't want none like, of that. Yo. Exactly. Shevchenko don't want none of that. Yeah, Shevchenko just... just... The expectations are way too high on Shevchenko here, though. Yeah, because I, I know that people are thinking she's going to maul her, but I feel like it's going to be like a fixed, boring decision. <laughs> yeah, like, fight goes to decision is that right now and that's not a great return on the other hand it's valentina shevchenko yeah like if you let her she'll just let you run on the jabs the entire fight yeah the only reason she mauled cachoeira is because cachoeira was like a homeless person from brazil specifically bound (laughs) yeah cachoeira like if you look at her regional footage she's not even close to ufc level Where's um who's who's refing this? Is it gonna be the same person as Kachuera or uh, Oh Yamasaki? I don't think that was Yamasaki. fucked up. That was fucked up. <laughs> I felt uncomfortable watching that. <laughs> Yamasaki just allowed Shevchenko to, you know, make Montano or make Kachuera warrior. 
Oh, that was that was ugly. Yeah, uh, was Yamasaki. Yeah, it was Yamasaki. Yeah, it was Yamasaki because Yamasaki caught a shit after that. I mean, for good, yeah. reason, but I think this time it's just I don't think Nico Montano is nearly as overmatched as Cachoeira was against Shevchenko because, like, for all the shit she gets for winning a title off the Ultimate Fighter, most of which is deserved, you have to like think about actually beat legit WMMA fighters, which means that she probably doesn't, you know, lead with her chin, and she probably isn't hopeless on the ground like uh, Cachoeira most likely is. Like, so, Motoferi and Honjak on bad loss, on bad wins. Yeah, Motoferi, th- those are good wins. Yeah. But compare that to Shevchenko, who should probably be the bantamweight champion right now, and it's, you know, it's weird. I just have a weird feeling that Shevchenko just doesn't do enough, and Montano somehow wins a volume decision. <laughs> Montano wins a split decision. <laughs> and people will bitch everywhere. I would love to see that. Like, I just I just feel like like Montano gets like a takedown one round, <laughs> and there's like four fifty feet, there's like four sixty forty rounds, and the Shevchenko card cause like Shevchenko was knocking her out with every punch. People were like, well, Shevchenko threw three strikes around. And then Montano just like pushes forward round five, stalls in the clinch to seal the victory. Yeah, Montano just holds her against the cage. <laughs> yeah. Montano <laughs> comes out looking like Colby Covington to take out the first three rounds. And then Shevchenko tries to finish the last two, but then just like, you know, her version of finishing just brought Montano onto check hooks. <laughs> yep. It would but, not surprise me if Montano uh, somehow won the split decision. <laughs> <laughs> and if Nico wins, it's going to be a split decision. But it's mostly because Shevchenko, like, you let her, she's going to do as little as possible. Yeah. Honestly, I hope Vespaza and Matano win just because we fuck. And a bunch of people would lose a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I want Brandon Davis to win. True. Uh, I, I like Zabit as a prospect. I don't like Suarez. and uh, Suarez and Shevchenko are going to be funny. Yeah, that's fair. I like Zabit, but like on the other hand, it's always fun. Like even if you like the prospect to see hype trains die. Like, yeah, true. I loved watching. Like I loved watching Shane Burgos, and and like even though he got absolutely like not really blown out by Cater, but the knockout against Cater was hilarious because he just saw a bunch of people backtracking on Shane Burgos being like the next big thing, even though he probably yeah. is the next big thing. Yeah, you know what my favorite hype train instruction is: Lauzon versus Gallard. Oof, that was like he... a submission, right? Oh, no, because um, Gillard dances to the ring, like legitimately dances to the ring. And then Lauzon just hooks him and gets a club and sub in like 30 seconds. <laughs> that was, yeah, I remember that vaguely and like, you know. It was just such Gillard. instant karma, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was like, Gillard, God, Melvin Gillard. What yeah, it was 47 f- seconds, 47 seconds. Yeah, I mean... It's just, it's all, like, even if you really like the prospect, being a hype train die is one of the few things that, you know, blood pumping to that same level. True. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like, my, my favorite moment of the year so far has been um, Aldo knocking out Stevens, which is kind of a hype train. True, true. Like, yeah. Stevens wasn't really a, like, that was just the weirdest rise ever. Stevens to the top five. Well, Stevens just had a bunch of very, like, I made a lot of money on Stevens' this- because like he just had a bunch of guys who'd sit in front of him and try it. And if yeah, you give I mean, Stevens a bunch of guys will do that, he'll win. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you give uh, Neil Magny a bunch of fairly favorable matchups and he got into the top five because of it, like, yeah, he won fights, 
And Stevens did beat the guy who was four, but on the other hand, he probably shouldn't have been ranked number four. Yeah. Oh, well, it's just like if you even gave like Damien Meyer like a bunch of favorite, like a bunch of people to grapple with. Yeah, like if you give Damien, like if I don't know, who the grappler, I don't even know, dude. Like, no one is going to grapple with Damien Meyer, but like, yeah, the point stands. Yeah. All uh, right, so on to, well, yeah, Montano by split decision easily. Yeah, Montano, uh, bet the house. Yep. Yeah, just parlay it between Montano split decision, Esparza split decision, and, <laughs> and Davis Dodson split run decision. One back up. Nah, Dodson split decision. Oh, true, true. Uh, that's, Diego, that's good odds. Diego Sanchez via wrestle fuck. Sure, yeah, that too. Uh, so, all right. Woodley uh, Till I have a weird feeling Woodley, this is not fun. Yeah. Till and Woodley are both minus one, so it's a perfect evens right now. I don't know how I feel about this fight. I like this fight to end by first round knockout. Because yeah. I just think it's there are, two, there are two possibilities here. First round knockout, which is paying like four to one, or yeah. decision, which is paying like two to one. Yeah. I, mean, I don't see I anything guess... else happening. Yeah, like, I think the thing about it is Darren Till is one of the most overhyped fighters on the roster right now, but welterweight just sucks horribly. I don't well, think... Woodley just sucks horribly. And I'd say it's pretty much most of what... The only guy at the top of weight, I'd say, is, like, elite level and would, like, be a... It's Colby Covington. Any other weight class is RDA. Colby Covington. Oh, no. If, if the judging criteria were drastically changed, Colby Covington would be elite everywhere. Sure, Colby Covington. I, I, he's just shit to so Charles Sonnen. He's not even <laughs> no. better than Charles Sonnen was. Charles, uh, Charles Sonnen was, was underrated, though. Well, Charles Sonnen was also the same. He fucking pumped himself full of APO and he fucking pursued takedowns for 25 minutes. Yeah. I mean, no, Charles Sonnen was like, for all the talk, like, you know, he was sort of memed on for saying he never lost a round, but until Bisping, he legit he never did. lost a round. <laughs> No, even against Bisping, he never lost a round on all three judges' scorecards till the third round of the Rampage fight. Oh, that's rough. But, like, the Bisping fight was controversial enough. Like, I think after the fight, he said, I can't say I've never lost a round before. But until yeah. fairly late in his career, he lost because of really small mistakes. And Charles was just going well until it stopped going well. That was, that was his yeah. entire career. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the most imposing fighters you don't want to go to decision against, but yeah. he's not horribly hard to finish, if that makes sense. I feel like he beats Fedor by cardio, which is sad, but like Fedor <laughs> and him are my two favorite fighters of all time, but I feel like <laughs> Chael just keeps coming. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> Chael, so if Chael beat Fedor, the, the trash talk would be incredible going into the next round. Just legit beating the GOAT. Hopefully, I'm just hoping that Fedor Chow winner wins the um, tournament. Yeah. Or Bader. I don't mind. Actually, I don't mind anybody in that tournament. Mitchell and Bader, like, I, they're kind of used goods, but I like them in, I like them in the how they're so kind of terrible. Yeah, I mean, I like Bader. I don't, I haven't followed Mitrion since, you know, he left the UFC, but Bader was sort of one of my boys since he got, you know, shat on for losing to Machida uh, in the way that he did. And he got shot on to Tito Ortiz. So yeah. he's really, really improved as a fighter, enough that I think he'd be the only contender to Gustafson at this point if he got back to the UFC. But sure. 
he's I'm not sure if he can legit heavyweights like Fedor and even Chael. I'm not sure about it. Oh, it's my part of it for me is I think that Gustafson is very overrated. Gustafson just matched up very well into Cormier and Jones as like a mm-hmm. star matchup. And people yeah. are holding him up as being like just under their level when I think he's actually a fair bit worse. He just has a favorite star, star matchup. Yeah, I mean, I, Gustafson, I like Gustafson. He's really, really excellent on the front foot. So when his opponent stops doing the things that allow him to be on the front foot, he just has nothing to counter it, like at all. Yeah, pretty much. Like against jo- like against Jones, he was pretty much the worst matchup possible for Jones, but he also wasn't good enough to fight despite being a better boxer. And the same goes for Cormier, in that Cormier was just sort of able to run him down and grab collar ties at will. So, like, Gustafson, he fights to the level of his opponent. I particularly when Jones is just not a very good boxer at all. Yeah. He, he just relies on, you know, because usually Jones gets to operate by, either he's in, like, distance striking range, which he's very good at, or he's in clinch range. Very few which people can actually get a boxing at. match out of him. Yeah, Jones is one of the best at being all the way in or all the way out. And yeah. so when he's in the pocket, his only defense is to sort of get out of the pocket. Pretty much. And have a so, great chin. Yeah, but Gustafson was the only one who, due to being as long as him, who could actually make a pocket, a pocket boxing match out of him. Yeah. And I'm just not that impressed because, like, Jones is just bad at that. Yeah, like, it's, on the one hand, it's smart to, like, use your advantage to that level. But on the other hand, it doesn't say much about how you match up with the rest of the division. If your best fight was something that just matched up as perfectly as possible to you and you still couldn't win it. And I'm pretty sure Jones did not see that coming either. Yeah. I mean, Gustafson was, uh, I don't remember what the odds were for that one, but there were um, like, plus 400, I think off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd imagine it was pretty big just because Gustafson was coming off a pretty like tepid win over Shogun, I think, at that time. So yeah, let me check. it was oh, plus plus six sixty. Plus six sixty. Damn. Yeah. I, plus I, love, I love that fight, but you know, Gustafson has he's gotten overrated in the sense that people put him with Jones and Cormier, who would probably be decent at lower yeah. weight classes, while Gustafson would just get blown out. Well, to be honest, my thing with John Jones, like since I sort of came in later, since I started betting like with um, Werdum um, Velasquez, I've only like bet on uh, quite a f- like a few um, Jones fights. Yeah, I made a lot, of, lot bunch of money on Jones by decision over um, OSP though. That was like eight to one. Oh, uh, re- that was eight to one. Yeah, by decision. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Although Jones like, finisher. He's not a finisher. He's really not. <laughs> if unless he's unless he's so much bigger than you, which he is. He- the old old school light heavyweights. He just kind of doesn't yeah. do much when. Yeah, I mean it's eight to one on Jones not getting a finish is sort of weird, but geez. Well, OSP was coming in like fucking five days notice or something, wasn't he? Yeah, OSP was a pretty. I can probably see it. I just felt like OSP was just like he was he was equivalently athletic to Jones, so Jones couldn't just yeah. grow and man him. He was he was about as big and he was about as athletic in a sense he just wasn't nearly as good in any way so just allowed jones to do what he wanted but not to the level where he was able to like just absolutely manhandle cormier yeah 
yeah. Because really, Jones hasn't really got much striking power, apart from Cormier yeah. dump, ducking into that kick. Yeah, Cormier provided most of the power on that one. Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah, Jones, like, I forget what we were talking about. Colby Covington and then Chell Sonnen. Um, something about Darren Till Wood leaving. I think, yeah, yeah. Walter White isn't that good. Yeah, Walter White isn't that good. And like, Tyron Woodley, he's been able to um, just use the fact that he's known as the wrestler to get by through fights while wrestling as little as possible. And I'm not sure that, you know, Darren Till will allow that because, you know, Till is – he doesn't rely on kicking like Stephen Thompson does, so he's not going to be as liable. And the fact that he's a southpaw makes getting takedowns tougher, especially since – I think Tyron Woodley likes the double more than the single. So he's going to have to reach pretty much all the way across the cage to get a double on Darren Till. And Till is just like when your only reaction to anything is a big right hand and you're facing a good fainter like Till, you're probably just going to get roaried. Yeah, decent chance of it. I just just don't think Till can throw the volume Roy did because Till isn't that... Doesn't have that good a card. Does his cardio isn't particularly good. Yeah, that's fair. Like till if you yeah, I agree with the take that it's probably a first round knockout or a really really bad fight in a decision. But yeah. I think it's more likely that Till gets the first round knockout. He's longer. He's um, he's a better striker, even though I wouldn't call him a really really good one. And yep. it's just overall a. Awkward fight for Woodley if he decides not to wrestle. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, I just I just feel like uh, neither has impressed me. I've never felt that strongly about Woodley as a champion. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, A, it's pretty clear Woodley has never been the number one welterweight because Rory McDonald will kick his ass. Yeah, Rory killed him. I think RDA would murder him. I think... Maybe Colby, I think, would have a good shot. Yeah, Colby, Colby would, would probably him. just shield him. And Colby is, Colby is incredibly fucking... He's incredibly tough. I'll give him that. Yeah. Colby has a chin on him. He took some clean shots from RDA. But yeah. he's much of a power hitter anyway, so... But... I mean, Colby, he's sort of just... I think Colby can come in and just uh, go full Jake Shields on Woodley. And I think Darren Till can sort of emulate the Rory plan and that it was uh, drawing Woodley's rushes out and then countering them. But I'm not sure if he'll be as effective... And Till throws a lot more power into his shot, so he could just end it earlier. But I feel like Woodley might be able to just land right hand and you know sting him. Yeah. Um, also, like, I'm just staring at Darren Till's arm tat. Why does he have Hillary Clinton tattooed in his arm? <laughs> Jesus. You can That's... see it, can't you? Yeah, I can see it. It's. Uh, I feel like. The- be champion just because that way you can't see the tattoo and the weigh-ins. Ah, true, yes. This is the UFC's plan. Yeah. If Till doesn't win this one, you just strip Tyron of the champion and just say, Darren Till, you are the champion in perpetuity. Fair enough. I just don't know what leads a man to get Hillary Clinton tattooed in his arm. I think it's supposed to be his uh, the mother of his child. Uh. Who, that's if Hillary that's Clinton. Hillary, yeah, if it's if it's if it's, if the mother of his child is Hillary Clinton, then Bill isn't the only one with things to answer for. 
And also, like, I mean, come on. I mean, I'm sure you have better financial alternatives than UFC. If, <laughs> yeah. If pregnant is Hillary Clinton. And you can get that shit removed because that's his ex. Yeah. He has a gigantic tattoo of his ex tattooed on his arm. And he has, I'm pretty sure he's going to get paid pretty decently when it goes to. And he cannot go to a tattoo removal center to get it removed. <laughs> I just, I just, now I'm saying that, I just can't get it out of my head. Yeah, that, that, is, that is definitely Hillary Clinton. I know, that's, that's beautiful. It's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, even if Darren Till doesn't win here, he's just going to be the red corner in perpetuity. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, it's not blue corner. Left corner's left side, blue corner. Uh, let me see. I'm unsure. Next week? Oh, next week's, um, what's it called? Hump versus uh, Melanic. That should be good. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not, that's a fairly weak card. Let me see. I mean, it, it is, but it's Mark Hunt fighting, and you can't go wrong yeah. with Mark Hunt fight. Especially when he's fighting a guy that got boxed up by Giant Baby. I bet his boxing isn't that bad. His urgency, his athleticism. Everything else is terrible, though. Yeah, yeah, Albini is just when you get a pretty much really outclassed, but when you get out volume, Andre Arlovsky, I can't really rate you as highly as you know I would want to. And Olenek got sort of boxed up, and he just grabbed an Ezekiel out of nowhere because of... <laughs> I you think you saying that pulling a half guard bottom Ezekiel isn't a fucking winning strategy. <laughs> it's always a winning strategy. Like, I can't think of a high percentage move. Yeah. I just want to see Alexi Olenek just pulling random arm bars on the like just diving for low singles and just falling into ankle locks. Yeah, okay, I can see the charm of that. Yeah, like Mark Hunt just doesn't know what to do because Olenek's trying all the low percentage submissions, but all at once. Yeah, pretty much. I just, if I see an Ezekiel choke, I'm happy. Yeah. Ideally, I want Mark Hunt to win by knockout, but. Yeah, you know, it's just it, it'll just be an entertaining shit first of all. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Hunt didn't win here, but uh, like I think the more interesting fight is uh, the co-main, Blahovich versus a returning Nikita Krylov. Uh, Nikita Krylov by something. <laughs> Nikita, Nikita Krylov. Like I like Nikita Krylov, and John Blahovich is actually pretty good, but not like his. His biggest win, in a sense, is getting Gustafsson to wrestle him because he sort of boxed up Gustafsson. And after yeah. it's Jimmy Manoa, and Manoa isn't great. So like, it's Blahowicz being a top five, I think, is just emblematic of what light heavyweight is all about. Even that, I, I, had, I had money on Blahowicz, but even that Manoa win wasn't that convincing. Like The first round was just because Manoa's chin is that bad. Yeah. The second round, Manoa won pretty comfortably. And the third round... Manuwa just stopped doing anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was... Like, Manuwa didn't... I wouldn't say he gave up, but he didn't really with Blahowicz, and I didn't really expect him to if he did first-round knockout. Yeah, but, like, he expected him to do something in the um, third round. <laughs> he just did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he just... He didn't even swing the wild-ass looks that he was swinging through the first two rounds. He just sort of sat there and got jabbed up. And uh, he just—he had no urgency. Like I guess he was probably like tired, but it just didn't look yeah. very good. Yeah, I mean, this is overall a honestly a horrendous card. I'm looking forward to. Oh, Cajun Johnson is making a quick turnaround, 
to face oh, bad. yet another Dax guy in... What's a 10.30am AT? He lost to Islam Mahasha in uh, Calgary. Now he's coming back oh, and Rustam Kabilov. I, I just realized that that, that that card's overnight in Australia. Oh, ah. Uh, here, every card is overnight except for the ones that are... Um, oh, you're based in the UK. I thought you're based out of America. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice when you have daytime cards. I love them. It's at 2 p.m. here. And that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Over here, it's... Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I don't mind them occasionally. Yeah. It's... A Merbek Taishimov is fighting. Let's go. Oh, yes. That's good. Oh, Des Graham. Wasn't Des Graham... I thought Des Graham was one who got into that car accident. So was that the yeah, other guy was. like Des Graham? Yeah, Des Graham was the one who got into that car accident. And he... Had he, some, uh, yeah. he had some, like, traffic problem before him, but I don't think he's gotten arrested. You know, no, I think it might not have been Des Graham. I'm checking. Des Graham car. I'm pretty sure it was Des Graham. Yeah. I think he would have been pulled from the car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> I should be without the cars. I guess they really want to tie him off to fight someone, even though Des Green isn't really a big step up from the guys he's already been fighting. Des Green's not bad. Um, I just, I just feel like the universe is against Tyson fighting. <laughs> I mean, Tyson's only issue is that he can't get a visa, but with someone who's on like some sort of U.S. list, I don't even think he. I'm really surprised Green's fighting. Based on what I heard about the thing, you think he'd at least be on, like, uh, not be allowed to leave the country. On, like, a probation type thing? Yeah, I don't even know, dude. Uh, let's see. I'm sure next week somebody's going to say, wait, Desmond Green's not I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. It's just, like, the UFC just quietly trying to keep Desmond Green on the ground when he tries to, to get on the plane to Moscow and shut down. Like he's 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 been charged with like a bunch of crime. He's been charged with like a bunch of crimes and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, has he? I don't. Let me see. Because I'm pretty sure it was just like he wasn't charged with anything, but not yet. It's like ninety days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of the trial, he faced trial issues. He faced traffic issues before the accident, but I don't think he's been. Um... I think he was driving a suspended license without insurance, oh, like. Two weeks beforehand, he would be in ship for the city. He'd at least be charged of that. Yeah, and he probably can't leave the country because of it. That man, that seems like a pretty big oversight. Now, that I... <laughs> now surely that would. I'm, I'm, I'm surely he's not fighting on that guard. <laughs> I mean, but if the UFC is just trying to sneak him through to Moscow, like their time would be better spent just pulling green and finding someone else to get a new fight. Isn't he have a lightweight in that card? Uh, just, make Tysimov fight, just make Kajan Johnson fight a couple of Ben Tysimov. Oh, true, true. <laughs> that, 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 that would be appropriate. You really just want to kick him out. Nah, I mean, this is UFC, not me. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Marcin Pachnio is back. I like that guy. Uh, I actually like Don Goliath a lot more in his fight. Oh, I think Don Goliath beats him. I, just, I remember with Pachnio, he was he was just randomly minus 400 against um, Alvi. And I was like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> I mean, I can buy Alvi just not being favored. Slightly good on the regionals, but Pachnio just looked horrible in that fight. Oh, Alvi, Alvi's not the most entertaining guy, but he's fucking had a long, successful UFC career. Yeah, I mean, he's had a long UFC 
figure. I just wouldn't say he's been particularly successful until he moves to light heavyweight, where I believe I think he's still ranked. Is he ranked at light heavyweight? Uh, I think he is at the moment. Um, he was definitely yeah, number one fifteen. Point. He's number fifteen yeah. after beating the uh, incredibly talented Sean uh, Vellante. I'm fairly sure he was ranked this uh, middleweight at one point. I'm not sure. Probably because middleweights. Uh, I'm like Elias was ranked at middleweight right now. So, like before uh, Bronson lost, maybe. Like it. Let me see. Uh, I have to go for show dog listings that's bad in the ass. Yeah, overall, like Sam Alvey, I don't think he's um He had a free win streak. he had a free win knockout first round knockout strike. Surely that would have gotten right. Uh yeah, early in his career against Oh yeah, the Dan Kelly knockout was actually pretty brutal. Yeah, poor Dan Kelly. Hopefully Dan Kelly gets in Adelaide. I know a bunch of oh, guys yeah. I I've tried them myself and like yeah, a bunch of guys try to push for that. Oh yeah, Dan Kelly. He was doing something for um, his son, his, right? His son's got this really bad genetic um, condition. Yeah, so uh, really, he wants to go on the last fight. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Australian community will get behind him. Yeah, Dan Kelly's a great guy. He's ridiculously tough. Yeah, and I mean, I hope he does get a good fight. His last fight was a pretty rough one because Tom Brees is a legit yeah. prospect. That was like, nasty. He was sort of forgotten about because. He got a break about the Strickland fight. Yeah, I used to train out. I used to train out of the gym where um, Kelly started his, his um, MMA career, so we were impressed about that stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Also, Kelly's like he, he never cl- he never closes the favorite in his UFC career. Ooh, really? I mean, yeah. I eight fights. Kelly is sort of the unwinnable gimme fight. He's like Darren Elkins. If yeah. there was like a pound for pound like inter universe tournament, it would be Darren Kelly. Darren Kelly versus Darren Elkins. <laughs> it's just um, both both guys just getting the crap eaten out of them, but then you just can't put them away. I should have a tournament of like I don't know, Austin Springer, John Gumpfer, Dan Kelly and <laughs> <laughs> Darren Elkins. Four man tournament. <laughs> yeah, which I'm man down can for take that. the most punishment. Just, it's like Jackass, just do their own version of Jackass. <laughs> Both guys, uh, all of them are just trying to go for Jared Brooks on each other just to take the punishment so they can bounce back. Pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, let's yeah. see. What else is going on the Moscow card? Uh, you've got... Uh... like Tago Alves. I oh, suspect yeah. he's going to get the shit made in album by a guy I don't recognize. A Russian dude, Alexei Kunchenko. He's an record. Impressive. 18-0. Russian prospect Alexei Kunchenko against Tiago Alves, who got put away by Curtis Millinder last time out. I think that was the last fight. I pissed off at Millinder. I was like, can you, can you tell me? I had this middle on that where if it finished between over one and a half rounds and under two and a half rounds, I made like 1200 bucks. And I messaged Millinder on Twitter, was like, let me buy a shirt or something off you or your gloves. And he's just like, never responds. Because <laughs> <laughs> you gave up the finish early, right? Yeah, exactly. Cause I, yeah, because he he had Alva's dead to rise in the first round, and he just walks off. And he had the same thing in round two, and then he just that time the actually round finished it. Yeah, yeah. But Melander frustrates I, me a lot. Yeah, Melander he good against Max Griffin, yeah. but with the exception of just getting held down for all of first round. First round, yeah. Like after that, he looked good on the feet, but. He just seems to show no urgency to actually finish the fight. 
Yeah, it's like even this, even the second round of the Max Griffin fight, he could have gotten him out. They just didn't. Yeah. Even in the third round, he had Max Griffin hurt and against the fence a pretty solid amount of times. And he didn't really follow up because he was afraid that he'd get taken down, which is fair, I suppose. But, like, you have to say that done. You There's these huge welterweights now who just have, like, insane physical advantages but no interest in finishing people. Yeah. Like, he's courteous, I suppose, but... No. You shouldn't. Listen. Yeah. And I think I don't know. I don't think the odds are out on the Moscow card yet. But I don't think. I think Hunter. The Hunt odds are out. Yeah, Hunt that. is minus two seventy, which is about a bit too far. Uh, I'd say minus two hundred. Uh, I mean, I don't really think Olenek's that. Well, it was rumored to be uh, Olenek versus Verdum before Verdum. <laughs> The sauce that does not improve your physique at all. Atlantic was going to win that somehow. <laughs> Atlantic was about to <laughs> catch the kick in midair, drop in leg lock. Nah, it's an Ezekiel choke. Atlantic was going to win by bottom mount Ezekiel. <laughs> Atlantic was going to win by having Verdum on his back and tapping out because he was so demoralized. <laughs> He's just like, I can't beat this man, is just out of jitsu. <laughs> So you guys are locked in RNC. Atlantic won't tap, and his knee is going out. So Virginia just like lets it go and just tap. He's like, "Fuck this!" Makes the Virginia face and leaves. You heard that Atlantic like actually leads a militia in, U- in the Ukraine or something? It's like his day job. He's like a he's like a rebel warlord in this, for his day job. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. But actually, the Hunt Atlantic record difference is actually pretty impressive. Hunt is. 13, 12, and 1 in C. So he's actually won less fight not one. And Olenek yeah. is 56 and 11. I got a weird feeling that Olenek wins this and Hunt retires just because it will bring Hunt's record back to parity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 13, 13, 1 and 1. Yep. And it's nice and symmetrical. Yeah. I mean, Hunt is probably still going to fight after that, though. I don't... A point where Hunt retires, unless all the lawsuits catch up to the UFC and they just stop booking him. Yeah, yeah, because well, Atlantic was like he like led a um, pro-Russian rebel group in Ukraine. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's like his personal hobby. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't, I didn't actually know about that. Atlantic is, uh, I don't know much about the political situation in Russia, so I don't want to. Girl, yeah. calling that you know badass or some shit, but you know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it's uh, thickly encourageable. I'm just saying it's just it's yeah. daily garbage. It's And who else? We've got the uh, current version of Marcus Brimage in Terry and Ware facing uh, the guy that got choked out and then you know didn't really get. Uh, poor man. Rob. I think the fucking I'm, Russia. Yeah, I think Marab takes it just because oh, like he was on coke. Yeah, Marab, Marab's honestly impressed me. Yeah, Marab, he he sort of. He, I I bet was, on um signs against him, but like Marab was throwing signs around. He just didn't throw any strikes. Yeah, I mean Marab, he's looked impressive in his last two fights, but he just didn't come away with the win because the second one was a little bit bullshit. Not really bullshit, but kind of bullshit, and. Yeah. I agreed with the decision, but it was controversial nevertheless. And, like, 
I think he pretty much wiped Terry and Ware, and I feel kind of bad for Terry and Ware just because he came in, and I don't think he was ever a really hot prospect, but he faced uh, Stamen, Duquesne Wine, and O'Malley. So that is yep. a rough run. Yeah, true. Anyway, um, yeah, before we sort of shoot into the next year of UFC, probably a good spot to... <laughs> yeah. Any right. other news worth looking at? Uh, I don't think so. I am curious. I do want to get a betting or a betting line on um, Des Graham being pulled off that card. Oh, yeah, that would be... <laughs> if they try surely to... you can't just leave the gun show. That would be... if, if they somehow pull that off, I'll be impressed, like so impressed by that. They just sneak him through the TSA in a suitcase. Pretty much. If they surely he can't go, he's on the rush at the moment. That looks well. He hasn't posted anything in two weeks. On his Instagram, was Twitter. Uh, I mean, he's probably just laying low because he don't want to. Because I remember he got some fire on um, on Twitter for saying some shit like, you know, like God's on my side or something. Even though it was before the crash, everyone was. Yeah, that's always the case, though. Yeah, so maybe he just doesn't want to take that sort of shit again. If it's, if this, if that fight's cancelled, I will not be surprised. <laughs> but like that would just be the worst luck for Merbeck. At that point, you have to give Merbeck either Kabbalah or Johnson and just cancel that fight. Just send Colin McGregor over. He's not, he's not doing anything interesting. <laughs> Ooh, I would I would legit be very interested in McGregor versus Tyson though. Yeah, that'd, that'd be fun. I I think McGregor's striking isn't a dick isn't that great by light what lightweight standards. I mean, I th- he's probably the best striker, but he's not like by a huge margin. Yeah, that makes sense. Like McGregor is, he's a, he's a very very sound striker, but he doesn't have the sort of like incredible knockout power that he can build with. Yeah, he's a volume striker more than anything else. But like the fact that the left hand has served as the capstone of all of that just makes people think that he has a nuclear left hand, even though he has like one. <laughs> knockout over his entire career and that's Aldo who fucking gave him 80% of the momentum yeah and that even that like absolute anomaly I, I would that should not have yeah. happened it was a glitch in the yeah. matrix yeah. alright so yeah. uh, uh, off and yeah. I'll see you later yeah have a good one man yeah you too give me a like once this post alright see ya bye yeah. later